Now, there is absolutely nothing wrong with aging. And in fact, I also believe that it can be an amazing experience where we get to learn so much about ourselves. We give less of a crap about what others think of us. And we finally become more free from some of the expectations that society threw at us when we were younger. However, if you're anything like me, you also want to have an amazing quality of life for as long as humanly possible. You want to feel good. You want to feel energetic. You want to feel happy in your skin. And you want to be able to keep moving about with ease and have an amazing sense of independence. Well, the thing is that if that's what you want for yourself, then there is no better time to start working towards that than now. Because honestly, the things you do now and the way you live your life now are also going to contribute towards how you feel as you get older. So we're going to dive into that today and talk about the top five things you can start doing right now to improve your quality of life for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years and beyond. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness, a space where we celebrate you exactly as you are right now, while also looking at realistic and achievable ways that you can increase your fitness, improve your nutrition, and bring more wellness into your busy schedule. We tackle a whole range of subjects from diet culture and healthy weight loss, right through to how to stay motivated, reduce stress, balance fitness and life, and ways to get the most out of your fitness routine. This is your weekly dose of inspiration and motivation. Perfect if you're a busy woman who sometimes struggles to find time for yourself and who would love to develop a positive mindset and a consistent fitness and wellness routine. I'm Alex, your host, women's fitness and wellness coach, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, lover of chocolate, wine and exercise and believer that we can all find balance in our busy lives. Well, hello there, beautiful peeps. How are you feeling this week? It is amazing to have you back as always. And I'm really excited to share this episode with you because if I'm honest, aging is something that I think about quite a bit these days. It probably started playing on my mind a few years ago. And I think now at the age of 47, I know that I'm starting to get into that zone now in my own life as well. And when I say that zone, what I mean is that place where we can start to go one of two ways, you know, where the choices that we make the way we look after ourselves can really start to change the game for us. And you know what? We can either start to feel better than we always have, or we can start to go down the road towards disease and illness and less independence. I think it can be really easy to bury our heads in the sand on this one. We think it's all going to be okay. We think we can continue to live our life as we always have done, because right now we're probably mostly feeling fine. But Make no mistake, what you do now will and can directly impact on how you age. And, you know, aging is a subtle thing. We don't really realise it's happening until something actually happens to us. But we don't want that to be our story. We don't want to get into a place where something terrible happens to us, an illness, a fall or something like that. And then we're like, oh, I wish I'd done something about it sooner. Let's do it now. Now, of course, I also know for sure that you can get fitter and stronger and healthier at literally any age. But I tell you what, it's going to be a lot, lot, lot easier to start now and to continue looking after yourselves than it is to try and pick it up when you have already started to feel the effects of aging. You know, maybe you have broken a bone, maybe you have experienced muscle loss, maybe you have experienced an illness or a disease. It's going to be a lot harder under those circumstances to actually do something about it than it will be to get proactive and to do something now. Now, before I sort of go into this, there's a few facts that I want to share with you. And I don't share these to scare you. And I don't want to do that. But I also do think that sometimes we kind of need to know the facts. We need to be super real about what can start to happen when we age if we don't put some insurances in place. And there's three different things I really wanted to kind of highlight here. I think the first one is fractures and particularly hip fractures. 
And that's because as we get older, obviously our muscles and our bones become weaker. We're going to talk about how we can protect against that in a bit. But that is generally what happens. We start to lose muscle from our mid-30s. Um, as we lose muscle, our bones also get weaker because the stronger our muscles are, the stronger our bones are. Also, with you know, with women particularly, the effects of you know falling estrogen and progesterone and things can have an effect on our muscle our bone strength as well. So as we're getting older, our bones are potentially getting weaker. And the fact is that when it comes to hip fractures, particularly. Some studies have shown that up to a third of adults aged 50 and over who suffers with a hip fracture will die within 12 months of that hip fracture. Now, that's quite a scary statistic. You know, when you talk about older people, like we often think about things like having falls, breaking bones. And if you do that and you fall over and you fracture your hip, your chance of dying massively, massively increases and your risk of dying continues in that vein for almost 10 years after their hip fracture. So we definitely want to be protecting things like our bones. And, you know, the things that can affect this are not enough exercise, nutrition, too much stress. All of these things are gradually going to weaken the bones and the muscles in our bodies, and they are going to lead to a higher risk of fracturing bones and fracturing hips, right? We don't want to get there. We don't want to get anywhere near that possibility. The second thing I want to highlight is women and heart disease. And I think this is really, really important because we tend to think of heart attacks as a mostly male-related thing, right? If you ever see a heart attack happening, it's always a man who is clutching at his chest and collapsing on the ground. But women become much more susceptible to heart disease and heart attacks post-menopause. And in fact, by that point, by our 50s, by the time we've gone through menopause, we are just as likely as men to have a heart attack and to have heart disease. And it is one of the biggest, if not the biggest killer of women over 50. And part of that is because women present differently, right? We often receive a worse standard of care and have worse outcomes when we have a heart episode because our symptoms look different. Our symptoms do not look like they look in men. They can be a lot more subtle. And also, you know, we, we all know that in our health system, women are often not listened to and believed as much as men. We tend to have to put up with more. We get sent home with heartburn medication when we've just had a heart attack. That's what happens to us. So let's not even get there in the first place. Not Let's not get to a place where our you know future outcome gets chosen by somebody in the hospital who maybe thinks that we just have heartburn, okay? Because our symptoms are really mild and they don't believe that we don't feel right. So that's definitely worth bearing in mind. And again, you know, what's going to help? Exercise, nutrition, reducing stress, all those things are going to be important. And then I think the final, the third thing I wanted to highlight was insulin resistance. So insulin resistance becomes more common in our 40s and beyond, in men and women, okay? And insulin resistance becomes the precursor to pre-diabetes and potentially type 2 diabetes as well. It's not necessarily a direct you get insulin resistance, you're going to get prediabetes, you're going to get diabetes, not necessarily. But of course, it's going to increase your chances that that is going to happen. Insulin resistance is essentially where the cells in your body become less receptive to insulin. And so we have to pump out more and more and more insulin in order for us to kind of control our blood sugar levels. And the more that that happens, the more likely we are to move towards diabetes. And of course, again, this is exacerbated by lack of exercise, stress, diet, and things like sleep. But anyway, enough of that. I, what, I wanted to highlight that because like I say, I think we can often bury our heads in the sand and be like, well, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. 
But I just really want to to highlight that actually there are things that are going on in our bodies that are starting to happen now. You know, when we talk about fractures and hip fractures, you're like, oh, that's something that happens to eight-year-olds. Yeah, it is. But it starts when you're in your 30s and your early 40s because you're starting to lose muscle. And because you start to lose muscle, potentially your bones are getting weaker as well. So this stuff is all starting to subtly change in our bodies right now. And I want you to always remember that. But anyway, enough of that. I want to get into the positives now because aging can be a hugely positive thing. It can be a time when we start to cast off certain expectations. We give less of a crap about what other people think. and We discover the things that really matter to us. And we potentially begin to have more freedom again, you know, particularly if we've got kids and they're getting older, they're starting to leave home. You know, my kids are still very much in school, you know, they're 11 and 14, but, you know, I can see a, a massive difference now in terms of what my life is with kids than it was five years ago. Five short years ago, there was still a lot of me involved in it. There was still a lot of like looking after the kids and doing things for the kids. Nowadays, they do a huge amount more for themselves. They're much more independent. You know, my 14-year-old is becoming more independent. She's going out into the world a little bit more. No, that's only going to keep going. That's only going to keep changing as they get older. And so we get more freedom again, which is amazing. I have the freedom to go out to the supermarket whenever I want to and not have to take a child with me <laughs> and not have them moaning about, oh, how many more things have we got to buy, mum? So we discover our freedom. So there are loads of amazing things about getting older. There really, really are. And the truth is, we can deny all we want. We can hope it's not happening all we want. We can wish it wasn't happening all we want, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So this is all about what we can do in order to age as well as possible. And here's where I'm at at the moment with this. Because So I said before that I have I've had a bit of an obsession with this for the last few years. I'm like, I will age amazingly. Everything's going to be great. I'm going to do everything I can right now to make sure that, you know, I age well and all of these kind of things. But here's where I am at in my kind of journey with that. I think the first thing is that it's not about trying to look young. That would be really nice. And I'm not going to say that I'm not going to do things that might help me to look younger. Of course I will. Because who doesn't thrill at the idea of somebody going, oh my God, I never thought you were that old. I thought you were like 10 years younger. <laughs> we all want a bit of that. But truly, that's not what this is about, right? It's really about quality of life. It's really about independence. It's really about movement. It's that saying of, you know, it's not about having a long life. It's about having quality in your life or having life in your years or whatever the, the saying is. But essentially, it's like, it doesn't matter if we live to 100 and we spend 40 of those years in pain and with illnesses and diseases, that's not going to be great. But if we live to till we're 80 or 90, but we have an amazing quality of life that whole time, that's going to be a much better place to be. Now, I personally plan to live till I'm 100. I've told everybody that. <laughs> so I've still got lots and lots of years left. And I also have this, like, the fear, I tell you what, the vision that keeps me sustained and the vision that keeps me going is thinking of myself as like an 80-odd-year-old woman and being in the gym and still lifting weights. That is the thing. That is the person that I want to be. And that's what I'm going to work towards. And of course, if I can do that, it means I can still travel. It means I can stay mobile. It means I can explore the world. So quite frankly, I'm going to do everything I can to ward off disease. And I know there's only so much I can do. I know that I don't have total control, but I do have quite a lot of agency. Yes, genetics play a part. Luck plays a part. All of those things. But the actions that we take also play a really good part in that as well. And I plan to stay as healthy as possible for as long as possible. So how can I make sure that happens and how can you make sure that happens as well? So number one, I've got five things here that we're going to go through. So number one, keep challenging your body. 
Just because you're getting a bit older doesn't mean it's time to slow down. And I see this happening a lot, you know, particularly once, you know, we get into our 40s and stuff. We're like, oh, I just do Pilates and yoga now because my knee hurts when I do such and such. And so we slow down, we start doing all those slow going things. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those. I absolutely think we should be doing Pilates and yoga and stuff. However, that's not to say that we shouldn't be challenging ourselves as well. And it's really, really, really important that we do. It is tempting to think it's time to slow down. It's tempting to think, oh, my body's telling me it's time to slow down. But it's really not. Our bodies slow down because we slow down, not the other way around. So if we want to be healthy and vital and energetic and strong, then we absolutely must keep challenging our body. And that means lifting weights. And I'll talk a bit more about that in a minute. It means still doing HIIT workouts. It still means getting a sweat on. It still means pushing out of your comfort zone when you do a workout. Absolutely, it is so important that you keep doing those things. And it's going to protect you against heart disease and diabetes and chronic diseases that become more common as we age, including, by the way, dementia. So like I say, it's not to say that going for a walk isn't good. It's not to say that Pilates isn't good and yoga isn't good. But if that's all we do, it's it's kind of a use it or lose it situation. If that's all we do, we're going to slow down. If you don't want to slow down, and I for sure don't want to slow down, then I'm going to keep doing things that challenge me and push me out of my comfort zone when it comes to working my body. So definitely that's number one. Number two, in the same vein, focus on strength and function over aesthetics. Again, it's nice to look toned and fit and healthy. It's nice if people say to us, oh my gosh, you don't look like you're that age. <laughs> you look so much younger. You seem so much younger. Look at your face. Look at your body. Aren't you amazing? We all want that. And of course, that is part of my goal. I'm not going to lie and say that I don't care how I look because I flipping well do. But more important than that to me is strength and function. Can I move well? Can I get up off the floor? Can I get out of a chair without making a big old heaving sound? If I can do those things, I'm absolutely winning. And this is really important because like I said earlier, what happens is from our mid-30s onwards, we start to lose muscle. Now, we only lose a tiny bit each year. It's like 1% a year, something like that. It takes a really long time for that to tell on our bodies. But believe me, by the time you're, you know, maybe 50, 60, 70, you're starting to feel weaker. You're starting to feel less able. You're starting to move around with more difficulty. You're, you are making a heaving sound every time you get out of a chair. Having to buy yourself one of those chairs that tips you out. <laughs> we don't want to do that. I don't want one of those chairs. You don't want one of those chairs. So working on strength and function is going to really help with that. It's also going to help to protect against breakages and bone weakness because our bones, they benefit from strength training. They benefit from impact exercise. So where you're jumping up and down, they also benefit from strong muscles. If you've got strong muscles that the muscle pulls against the bone, that, that action of it pulling against the bone creates a stronger bone. So building strength, really important to protect against bone fracture. It protects against muscle loss, which makes it easier for us to move around. It protects against heart disease. It protects against diabetes as well. So when we are, when we've got more muscle, we are better able to control our blood sugar levels. So more muscle equals better blood sugar control. And blood sugar control is going to be the issue when we're talking about things like type 2 diabetes. So if we can protect against that, if we can build muscle or main, at least maintain muscle, then we're going to have better blood sugar control. We're going to be less likely to get diabetes. So all of those things are going to come into play there. 
We've got to stop the obsession with aesthetics at all cost. It's all about aesthetics. We don't necessarily make the best decisions to help ourselves, to help our, our aging body. You know, when we make it the only priority, we are not necessarily going to make the right decisions about what to do, what activities to do. So try and put that to one side. Like I say, it's not saying don't think about aesthetics at all, but but ultimately it's about strength and function, strength and function first and foremost. You know, and then the aesthetics can be an amazing benefit of doing those things, of doing strength and functional training. So that's number two, focus on strength and function over aesthetics. Number three, prioritise sleep. Sleep gets more difficult as we get older. We all know that. I know that my sleep is not what it was 10 years ago, for sure, for sure. So sleep is something that I focus on more and more and more. So we've got to prioritise this. We absolutely have to prioritise this because a lack of quality sleep is definitely associated with increased risk of dementia, increased risk of heart disease, increased risk of insulin resistance, and therefore down the line, potentially diabetes as well. So sleep is mega, mega, mega important. What can you put into place now to create better sleep habits that are going to serve you in the long term? You know, I really noticed we went away at the weekend and I mean, I didn't drink loads, but I had a couple of drinks each evening. And then I got into bed and I looked at my phone and then I had crappy sleep. I'm like, oh, surprise, surprise. I need to put my phone away. You know, as soon as I got home, I was like, for God's sake, just put the phone away, read your book, don't drink any alcohol tonight. And lo and behold, I had a great night's sleep. So what are the things that are maybe causing issues with your sleep right now? What are things that you can put in place to make sure that you are getting better quality sleep? So yeah, prioritise sleep for sure. Number four, sort out your stress. (laughs) Chronic stress is no good for us, period. Can we get rid of all stress? No, and neither should we try to. In fact, it's probably more stressful thinking I need to get rid of all stress in my life than it is to just accept that there will be periods of stress, right? We are designed to cope with stress, okay? That is not a problem. The problem is when it is long-term. The problem is when it's each and every single day. The problem is when we are always feeling anxious, when we're always feeling like we have to be on the go, when we literally cannot relax. That is the issue. We have to get a handle on that because again, it's going to play into all sorts of things. It's going to play into increased risk of dementia, It plays into blood sugar regulation as well, because when we're stressed, we're releasing lots of cortisol. And when we're releasing lots of cortisol, our body's going, oh crap, something's happening. We need to release some sugar into our system to make sure that we combat that. And believe me, we don't want to keep doing that over and over again. We don't want to keep having these spikes of blood sugar that are released into the system because our body thinks that we're in danger. We don't want that. Now, I'm not going to go into this fully, but I have done a couple of episodes all about this. So do go have a listen to get the lowdown on how to start reducing your stress. Episode 85 and episode 112 are the places to go. And I'll pop that into the show notes as well. So that's number four, sort out your stress. And then number five, and this is my favorite one. This is get excited, have a plan, have a purpose or a vision. And you know what? This is so often overlooked when we think about aging but it is one of the most important things for us to focus on. You know, yes, we can focus on our strength training and eating well and reducing stress, but we've also got to have this sense of purpose or vision. Life needs to feel exciting. Life needs to feel like it's got possibility. You know, we need that in our lives. We need that because it gives us a verb for life. It gives us a reason to get up in the mornings. It gives a focus 
to our lives where maybe things are changing. Like, you know, like I said before, if you've got kids and they're getting older and, you know, eventually they're leaving and growing up and they need us less, we've got to have something in place that we get to focus on so that we're not getting that horrible empty nest syndrome that we can actually really focus on us for a change. It's really, really important. And honestly, this is about helping you to have a positive outlook, to feel positive about life, to give you something to look forward to. And, you know, I cannot stress how flipping important that is. There is loads that we can do to really ensure that we age well. And like I said earlier, that's really what it's all about. This is not about trying to stay young or stay looking looking like we did when we were 25 or mourning our younger years. This is about embracing new opportunities. And in order to do that, we probably need to change some of the things that we're doing right now. So if exercise isn't making your list right now, maybe it's something you need to start prioritising. If your sleep isn't looking great, or you know that chronic stress still has a hold on you, then get to addressing that and seeing what positive change you can make right now. But most of all, don't just ignore it. Don't pretend or hope it's not happening. And certainly don't try and fight it because this is one game we're never going to win, right? We are going to age whether we want to or not. But we do have a choice about how we do that and how positively we do that and how we look after ourselves to make sure that we have the best quality of life possible. So let's embrace the idea of aging. Let's embrace the idea that we have so much agency as to how this looks for us. Let us start looking at what we can do right now to make positive changes that are going to serve us for the long term. You know, we have a really exciting opportunity to make the next half of our lives the best half of our lives. So let's grab it with both hands. Right, I'll love you and leave you there. Here's to happy, healthy aging and to putting that into motion right now. Have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll see you back here again next week. Thank you so much for joining me today, beautiful people. If you have loved listening in and want to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes, then simply subscribe or follow the podcast on your favourite podcast player right now. You can also come and join me on the socials at Alex Chick Fit, and I'll see you again next time.